Hello and welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gonzalez. My goal for the podcast is to help you live a better life in retirement by giving you the tools and information you need in a language that you can understand. If you're a frequent listener to the podcast, you know I'm a retirement planner in St. Louis, Missouri with clients in almost 20 different states. So I get to talk to a lot of people about retirement planning, what's going wrong for them, what's going right, and we try to fill in the gaps in their financial life so they can have a more successful financial future in retirement. Brian Tracy used to say, we are where we are at this point in time because of the decisions and choices we have made up until this point. So that's what this podcast is all about, is making smarter choices when it comes to your retirement planning. On this week's episode, I'm going to share some of the questions that listeners are submitting. Some people have contacted me at the office, and even current clients are asking questions that are pertaining to their situation. So I thought I'd run through as many as we could some of the listener and client questions that I'm getting, because I think they're going to be helpful to a lot of our Retirement Made Easy podcast listeners, because you might have the same exact questions and concerns that other people have. So that's going to be our main focus on today's podcast. It has been a crazy week. I got more calls and emails from people and very interesting questions. Very bizarre. We'll kind of get into some of those. One of the questions was, should I sue my advisor? And I have to admit, someone's never asked me that before. So we'll talk about that question on today's podcast that I'll probably be towards the end. I got a call from Fisher Investments. If you're familiar with all the advertising they do on TV and they do a bunch of mailers and all over the internet, Fisher Investments, it seems to be everywhere. Anyway, they're trying to recruit me. And by that, they want to write me a check to buy my business and all of my clients. And then they want to pay me a salary for two years to be a cold calling salesman for Fisher Investments. Of course, I told him no, but I did ask him if I would be allowed to continue the podcast, the Retirement Made Easy podcast, if I did work for them. And the guy said, uh, I'll have to check with my boss, meaning no, you'd have to stop the podcast. So the podcast will go on. My business and clients will go on. I will not be working for Fisher Investments. So on today's episode, we're going to get to as many listener and client questions as we can. But before we jump into those, I wanted to remind listeners, check out my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. At the bottom of the homepage, you'll see where it says, ask Greg a question. That's where you can submit your questions to the podcast. For those people that are interested in a 30-minute retirement coaching session, you can type in your question, hey, how do I get signed up for that retirement coaching call with you? And we will schedule some time on the calendar to talk about your situation, what questions you have about retirement. This is a way for me to help the Retirement Made Easy podcast listeners on a more personal level. Aside from that, you can check out underneath the resources tab. I have all of my resources, which are available absolutely free. Our retirement secret sauce is there, as well as my three steps to the retirement planning process. Number one is blueprint to a dream retirement. Figure out what you want. What's your vision for retirement? Step number two is figuring out, okay, what's it going to cost us with our budgeting tools for retirement? 
And then step number three is our retirement action plan. That's where you go to work to develop a retirement action plan to make your dreams come true. Those are all available underneath the resources tab. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Questions from listeners so far this summer. First question was submitted from Jay, and Jay wanted to know about stopping his social security benefits. And he basically said he's 63 years old. He retired at 62, started his social security benefit, and is now considering stopping his social security benefit because there's a part-time employment opportunity where he would be making $30,000. And he's concerned that that would reduce his social security income. And he wants to know, can he, does he have the ability to stop his social security because he doesn't need the income anymore due to this part-time employment opportunity? And he wants to know what I would recommend. I'm kind of paraphrasing Jay's question because his typed out version of the question is paragraph after paragraph. He's very detailed here. So paraphrasing will help us save a little time. This is a fantastic question, Jay. Thanks for submitting it. So Jay, you mentioned you claim you started your benefit at age 62. You're now 63. Well, I don't know exactly when you claimed it, if you claimed it right away at 62, or if maybe you were 62 and a half when you started your social security benefit. But once you start your social security benefit, you can stop it within a year or 12 months. So what I would recommend, Jay, is to see if 12 months have passed since you have started collecting your social security benefit. And then that tells us if you're even eligible to stop your benefit if you wanted to. If 12 months has passed since you started your social security benefit, guess what? You can't stop it. Let's say you're at the 10-month mark. Well, you would be able to stop the social security benefit. There's a form you got to fill out. So contact social security, and then you'd have to pay back the benefits that you had received up until this point. So check on that, Jay. The other option is you can suspend your social security once you hit full retirement age, but there's a big difference between stopping the benefit and paying back the benefits received versus suspending your benefit at your full retirement age. But in Jay's situation, since he claimed his benefit and this part-time opportunity is paying $30,000, if he doesn't stop his social security benefit, his benefit's gonna shrink. It's gonna be penalized because the rule is you can make up to, in 2022, $19,560 if you are collecting your social security and under your full retirement age, your income is limited to $19,560. And then every $2 on top of that, they withhold a dollar of your social security income. So Jay, you'd have roughly $10,000 over that. So that would reduce your social security benefit. Jay, that's an excellent question once again. And thanks for submitting your question. Question number two was submitted by Sue. And Sue said, Greg, enjoy the podcast. I recently inherited my dad's IRA and stocks. What are my taxes going to be like this year? Will I have mandatory withdrawals from my dad's IRA? I plan on working five more years and I don't want to get killed with taxes. Please help. This is a fantastic question, Sue. 
when you say you inherited your dad's IRA recently, I'm going to assume that this was after January 1st of 2020, that Sue's father had passed away after that point in time. And why that point in time is special is because the rules changed for inheriting an IRA from mom or dad at that point in time. So once you inherit mom or dad's IRA after January 1st of 2020, the rules say that Sue has 10 years to take the money out of this beneficiary IRA or inherited IRA that she got from her dad. So 10 years, Sue, that you've got to take distributions. And at the end of the 10 years, the money has to be all out of there, out of the beneficiary IRA, and taxes would then have to be paid by that point. But there's no mandatory annual distribution. It's just, hey, you can take it all out in the first year. You can take it all out in year five. You can take out 10% per year for 10 years. You can take it none out in the first five years and then everything out in years six through 10 after you've retired. That might be a strategy. Sue mentioned that she is still working. So let's say she has a 401k through her employer. Let's also assume that she's contributing $10,000 to that 401k. Well, the maximum that someone age 50 or over can contribute to a 401k is 27000 So that would mean that Sue still has $17,000 left that she could contribute to that 401k. So maybe what she does is she takes a distribution out of the beneficiary IRA of 17000 for the next year, and then she increases her 401k contributions by the same $17,000, which gives her a tax deduction on the 401k, and she's taxed on the money she takes out of the beneficiary IRA, and therefore it's a wash. The tax situation is an absolute wash because what she was taxed on the 17000 taking out of dad's IRA, she then got a tax deduction on the $17,000 that she put in her 401k through work. So that might be a strategy for Sue. And what I would recommend, Sue, is hopefully you're working with a fiduciary advisor who can plan this out and look at, okay, how much money do we have in the beneficiary IRA? Because we know in 10 years, within 10 years, you're going to have to pay taxes on the dollars that's in that beneficiary IRA. So we can kind of map this out. And how are we going to plan this? How are we going to take those withdrawals where it leaves Sue in the best shape tax-wise? On top of that, Sue mentioned that she had some stocks that she inherited from her dad. As far as the tax implications of those stocks, Sue, those got stepped up. So in other words, upon your father's death, let's say he paid $5 for the stocks and now they're worth $100. Upon you inheriting them, they get stepped up to the value upon the date of his death. And if they're worth $100 upon his date of death, and when you go to sell them, they're still worth $100, that means there's no capital gains that you would have to pay. However, some of these stocks may, they may have dividends that would impact, you know, your taxes. So you would want to look at the income that these stocks are providing. 
And of course, you're going to want to look at these stocks and say, how do they fit into my overall retirement game plan? Should I keep them as they are or should I try to rearrange them to better fit my situation? So I hope that helps, Sue. Again, you're assuming your father passed away after January 1st of 2020. You've got 10 years to take those withdrawals from your beneficiary IRA. Hope that helps. The next question that I received this week, and this was actually from a 30-minute retirement coaching call that I had. If you've listened to this podcast, something I'm new I'm doing this year is I'm offering 30-minute retirement coaching calls. So if you're interested in that, at the bottom of my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com, ask Greg a question, say, hey, how do I get signed up for that 30-minute retirement coaching call? So this person had contacted me, we had a nice conversation, and their question was, should I be increasing the amount of money that I'm putting in my 401k, or should I be putting more money towards my mortgage to get my house paid off sooner? This couple was eight years away from retirement, and so I was looking at their 401k statement, I was looking at their mortgage statement to see what they owed on their house, And then I asked them an interesting question. I asked them, besides your mortgage on your home, which they owed about $100,000 on a house that was worth $400,000. So they had $300,000 of equity there. But my question to them was, aside from the mortgage, what other debt do you have? What other liabilities do you have that are outstanding? And they said that they had a loan on their SUV, and then they also had a loan they were paying back for some solar panels for their home. But there was something else that I noticed on the paperwork that I was looking at. They also had a 401k loan, and the interest that they were paying on that loan was 5.5%. So many of you know, as I've said on many podcasts before, I'm a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro, and since I share his same philosophies, my answer may surprise you. My answer to this question, should we pay off our home sooner, pay off our mortgage sooner, or should we save more for retirement? My answer was neither. We should get the 401k loan paid off, we should get the SUV loan paid off, and we should get our solar panel loan paid off before we do either of the above. And Dave Ramsey's system is the fastest way of building wealth. That's why I'm so confident that it works, it's worked for millions of people, it can work for you. So my recommendation to them was, we're gonna pay off the loans in this order. We're gonna get this 401k loan paid off, then we're gonna go to the SUV loan, then we're gonna go to the solar panel loan. And then I was able to do an analysis for them. And what I was trying to find was, are these people on track for retirement or are they behind? And if I found that they were on track for retirement, I would tell them to then pay off their home sooner, right? Start working towards that mortgage after we got the other three loans paid off. But what I ended up finding out was they were behind. They were not on track for retirement. Again, they wanted to retire in eight years or so. And my analysis showed that, you know, it was going to be more like 12 to 14 years when they could afford to retire. So they were behind in saving for retirement. So my answer to them was, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. We're going to get the loans paid off in this order. And then we're going to increase your 401k savings by X amount of dollars. 
And that's the thing about retirement. You can't borrow money for retirement. It just doesn't work. You gotta make sure you're saving enough and you have enough to be able to afford to retire. And if you're one of those people out there that's wondering if they're on track or if they're behind, there is no better time than now to figure out if you're on track for retirement or if you're behind. Because my fear is for people, the worst thing about my job is for the people that are a year out from retirement or six months, and they come to me and say, hey, I need a retirement action plan. I need a game plan here. And then I do all the work, all the analysis, and I have to come back to them and report back and say, hey, I know you were wanting to retire in the next six months or 12 months, but you can't afford to. You're going to need to work for three or four more years and then at that point, you'll have enough saved. It just breaks people's hearts when I have to report that back to them. So the sooner you can get an opinion, the sooner you can get a game plan put together, the better. And that will take all the mystery out of when you can retire. We got time for one more question this week, and this was a doozy. I've never had a question like this. This was actually a Retirement Made Easy podcast listener. It was a referral from a listener. The guy had never listened to my podcast before, but he calls me up and says, hey, I'm in a situation here. I retired last year. I have a portfolio, about one and a half million dollars, and I think I should sue my advisor. And I'm thinking to myself, oh boy, <laughs> but I'm curious. I want to hear what's going on. So I ask him, why? Why do you want to sue your advisor? What's going on here? And he said basically his advisor had recommended an alternative investment that didn't work out. The investment was very speculative in nature, very high risk. And he, he said, well, you know, I'm a 65-year-old guy. My wife's 64. We're not at the stage of our lives when we want to take this super, super risk. And this thing, he had a very sizable portion of his portfolio it went belly up and he could stand to lose everything depending on how this bankruptcy proceeding goes out. And I think really what this all boils down to is I don't think the advisor really understood how risky this alternative investment was. And I see a lot of these alternative investments, these non-traded REITs, all kinds of different illiquid alternative investments. And I'll leave it at that. If you own any of these things, hey, give me a call. I'll give you my opinion on it. I'll look it over. But be very, very cautious when it's something you can't get your money out of. It's illiquid. If you own a mutual fund and you have a change of heart or your advisor wants to change the mutual fund, guess what? At the end of the day, you can trade it. You can sell it. You can buy more. But something that's illiquid and you're trapped in it, boy, that's a lot of risk. It's like driving a car with no reverse. You can't get out of it. And that's what this guy was experiencing. If he would have looked at the advisor's track record. So if you Google broker check, you can see the history of your advisor. You can see if the person's ever been sued before. If he or she has been sued, you'll be able to actually read through the settlement, the lawsuit, what went down. And if you find that your advisor has been sued two, three, four times, find another advisor, please. And that was the case for this individual. I encouraged him to look him up. And while we were on the phone, he looked him up. Guess what? He wasn't the only one that was considering 
suing him for damages and unsuitable recommendations. So there were multiple lawsuits and they were on his record. It's just the guy didn't know where to look. Now, of course, I'm telling you that because I have an absolute clean background and I intend to keep it that way. But my advice to this guy ultimately was, hey, if this is something you're considering, you're going to want to talk to a couple different securities attorneys and have conversations with them to see what could have been done if they think this is a winnable case, that kind of thing. Based on what he told me about the situation, this was a very inappropriate and misunderstood investment choice. This is something that I would never recommend to anybody ever. So the lesson here is, and this is coming from me, this is my opinion, do not purchase or utilize an investment choice that is illiquid like some of these alternative investments out there where you can't get your money out of them and you're trapped. More times than not, they just don't work out. I have seen time and time again, they just don't work out. And sometimes they have a lot of sizzle. These advisors will say, oh, they've got this really, really high dividend or interest rate and there's a lot of sizzle behind them. But if they're completely illiquid, stay away. And that's just my opinion. I hope this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast has been helpful. If you have questions, check out our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. I'll see you next week. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The SmartVestor program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor SmartVestor are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra FINRA, SIPC. Mm-hmm.